The Secrets of Star Wars is brought to you by the StarQuest Production Network and is made possible by our many generous patrons. If you'd like to support the podcast, please visit sqpn.com slash give. Hi, this is Vanessa Marshall. I play Harrison Dula on Star Wars Rebels, and you're listening to the Secrets of Star Wars podcast. May the Force be with you always. You're listening to the Secrets of Star Wars, episode 92. Hello there. It's a power that Jedi have that lets them control people and make things float. Impressive. Every word in that sense was wrong. Help me, Obi-Wan Kenobi. You're my only hope. This station is now the ultimate power in the universe. I find your lack of faith disturbing. It's against my programming to impersonate a deity. That's not how the Force works. Force is with me, and I am with the Force, and I fear nothing. Remember, the Force will be with you, always. Hi everyone, I'm Thomas Enherho, and you're listening to The Secrets of Star Wars, where we talk about everything connected to that galaxy far, far away, including the deeper themes and meanings. Just a reminder to all of our listeners, please be sure to share the podcast on Twitter or Facebook, and leave us a review, and let us know how we're doing. It also helps to get us seen by more people who would be interested in listening to our show. And I'll say word of mouth is a really good way to share this show, because I talk about it all the time, and, and I have friends that I've talked about to, it, to about it like 20 times and they just started listening they're like wow the show's really great and i'm like yeah that's that's kind of why i talk about it all the time <laughs> so uh yeah so just tell people about it keep reminding them even if you talk to them about it tell them again <laughs> so uh today we're continuing our series of uh, character develop uh character devoted episodes where we're going to take a deeper look at the character boba fett who i am calling the oddly iconic microcosm of the star wars way uh, and joining me today on the show are Angela Cialana. Hello, I am all Angela Cialana. Yes, <laughs> all of you. Yeah, <laughs> sort of those things are writing scripts, man. It's so hard. Uh, so, so it's just going to be Angela and I today. Uh, it looks like the the Fets are getting a a two on one uh, tag team. Oh yeah, uh, both both the father and the son here. Um, so I. This is this one I think is going to be great, and I really want to go outside of the boundaries of just talking about the character because I think, in like I said, in a really odd way, I feel like Boba Fett is Star Wars, yeah. and and he represents so much of how Star Wars works. So if anybody's unsure of why Star Wars is popular or how it's gotten as popular as it has, I think if you look at this character really carefully, you see it's it's partially accidental, a lot of just <laughs> you know kind of hodged together random junk and it's best when it says the least i think that's mm. kind of star wars in a nutshell when you get those three things together and, and also having a, a nice inspiration from a western <laughs> those four those four things right there and that kind of makes uh star wars totally so you know yes yeah, sometimes we joke on the show about how central to the whole star wars story Django fett is because he's the father of clones he's you know without without the clone wars there would be no empire uh, but in a lot of ways, I feel like Boba Fett is that that same thing, but for the model of Star Wars as a whole. And so before we get too far in the weeds with Boba Fett, I'm going to read the entire script <laughs> of Boba Fett from the first trilogy. <laughs> Here it is. I'm going to do the whole thing right now. So, you know. You don't have to fast forward much if you don't, <laughs> don't listen to it all. It's really right here. It says, he's no good to me dead. As you wish. Put Captain Solo in the cargo hold. What if he doesn't survive? He's worth a lot to me. Bravo. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> and that's it. That's the whole thing. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> I, and it's so that I think that's that's me. It's like the when you look back at that and look at this character and how iconic he is. 
it's kind of underwhelming that that's the entirety of his lines <laughs> in the original trilogy. <laughs> yes, it's almost like, wow, okay, he's a microcosm of Star Wars, bring it on. And then, yes, it's it's those yeah. <laughs> very utilitarian lines. <laughs> right? All about, pretty much all about Solo. Yeah. <laughs> like, there's really nothing that's not about Solo in them. And, um, it, and it's not much. It's just, <laughs> it's about, I want my bounty. Yeah. <laughs> Don't kill him. <laughs> So, um, so, okay, official introduction, because that's, that's, we've given those for all the other characters. Boba Fett's a bounty hunter whose career spanned the fall of the Galactic Republic through the rise and fall of the Galactic Empire and now beyond. Uh, he's the unaltered clone, the only unaltered clone that we know of, of Jango Fett, and is proudly a direct copy trained by his father uh, until uh, Jango's untimely death at the hands of Mace Windu in the Battle of Geonosis at the beginning of the Clone Wars. Uh, his latest appearance alongside Din Djarin in The Mandalorian was widely anticipated and very welcome from the fans, which kind of brings us to the way I want to talk about him tonight, which is, uh, you know, about the, the meta, uh, the fandom that surrounds uh, him and in Star Wars in general, but but him specifically, I think. So before we get off on all that tangent, I wanted to ask you, but what, what are your thoughts about Boba Fett? Dude, well, <laughs> what are my thoughts about Boba Fett? <laughs> Thesis number one. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> no, but it's it's funny because, you know, I grew up watching Star Wars, the original trilogy, and um, Boba Fett was like not on my radar as a little girl um, because I just, I mean, I, I work in tech like as my full time job, but um, I'm just not a like weapons and, and ships and, and armor kind of person. Um, I can appreciate them, but yeah. So, you know, I'm, I watched the original trilogy. Fine. He's there. Um, and then you get into, you know, the, the sequel trilogy, uh, the uh, prequel trilogy. And, um, and then we have little kid Boba. When I really got into him was when his character was developed more in the Clone Wars. And mm -hmm. um, I started to see what an interesting uh, character this could be, you know, from a, a, a level of character development and depth and meaning to the Star Wars saga. And then when we got the Mandalorian, it was like, Oh my gosh, Boba Fett is so awesome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that was kind of my progression and development and evolution of Boba Fett fandom. Um, I really, really have gotten to appreciate him much more um, in these last few years. Yeah. I, and I think that as a, as a kid, I, I think it's a boy thing. <laughs> I, you know, that's, it's kind of the, the masked characters that are so cool, you know, that, that like stick with us. I always liked my favorite G.I. Joe characters were Snake Eyes and the Cobra guys were awesome. They had the yeah. really cool masks and, uh, you know, the Stormtroopers are neat, but there's something about their masks that just makes them look sort of dirty. <laughs> <laughs> and and then Vader's obviously cool, but Vader's obviously the bad guy also. So I think with, with Boba Fett, I really attached to him as a kid because he was this kind of neutral character where he was a bad guy, but he wasn't really, he didn't represent the empire and you know, he represented his own thing. And I love the way that a lot of the writers took him after the original trilogy, when they made comics about him and uh, all of these other things that, that they started to develop the lore of who he was. And it was about just being a harsh guy in a harsh galaxy, mm -hmm. right? So everything was really wild west and, he just had this sense of this code of honor that he followed and they took that 
that moral gray area that he fell into and really ran with it in a way that sometimes he was the good guy. Sometimes he was the bad guy. And it never mattered because what he was doing was his job. Mm -hmm. And you got to see this fully fleshed out character uh, in that way. And that was really, I, I liked him for that aspect of who he was where he because so much of star wars is about the the good and versus the evil and how we can overcome that and move beyond it and this was a truly great character that sometimes he was good sometimes he was evil he was just doing his job yeah <laughs> he was he was just a man in the universe trying to make his man trying to make his way in the universe right simple man <laughs> as, as <Yeah>. his father <laughs> so um i'm gonna pull this out into the more kind of abstract discussion of him in in our world rather than in his because because you know he's got four lines like literally there's nothing he is a bounty hunter period the end and it isn't until much later after the original trilogy that we start to see more of who he Mm -hmm. is and i i'm really looking forward to the book of fett yeah but that's because he became such a fan favorite that he ended up having more of a role in star wars than anybody expected (laughs) in the original and so um i think that's to me, that's like Star Wars in a nutshell, right? That's Star Wars was something that Lucas wanted to make because it was a film that he wanted to make. And it is now one of those things that everyone looks back on and says, this movie trilogy changed cinema forever. Mm-hmm. And that's not what Lucas was setting out to do. Right. I, I mean, I, I think every, every, every director is at some, <laughs> some, to some level, right? But, but he didn't mean to do that initially. And he did in a very dramatic way. And, and it's really cool. And, um, I think like the, the original appearance of Boba Fett is like so, so great for this because he appeared in the 1978 holiday special. Mm-hmm. And that was his first appearance. Now I have to ask you, did you watch the holiday special? I have seen it. Yes. Okay. When did you see um, it? In my adult years. Uh, okay. so <laughs> not too, too long ago. Um, and I only saw it that one time. <laughs> <laughs> I think, I think everybody is kind of from that boat where it's like, I've seen it once. Yes. <laughs> and we will never speak of it again. <laughs> I mean, there's some charming things about it. You know, there's definitely some memorable things about it that really stick with you. Um, so, yeah, I know that that was definitely a huge um, part of like the fandom's journey with him. Right. Mm-hmm. Very memorable and, and important because he was just cool and his weapon was cool. Right. Right. His weapon was cool. <laughs> What is that thing? What is that guy with the the strange mask? And so, yeah, I I haven't, I saw it the same way. I didn't see the holiday special until I was an adult. I heard about it when I was, when I was younger, but never really got to track it down until I was an adult and watched it and, and, and realized why it kind of gets the, uh, the bad rap that it does because it just really is such a bizarre trying to impose something (laughs) on the Star Wars universe that just wasn't there. And, and the, but but even the lore around the life day stuff has become so interesting now because it's <laughs> developed true. because fans like it. You know, <laughs> fans are like, "This is so bizarre. We're going to make it fit. We're gonna, <laughs> we're going to we're going to work yeah. it until it actually fits in this universe." And um, you know, that's that's to me that's that's what what this character is, right? He's he was really quickly written. I think they started writing the holiday special in like April of that year. And they had to have it out by uh, Christmas time because they wanted to release something at Christmas to sell Star Wars toys, right? And so they had to put as much kind of 
new toy stuff in there as they could. And so Boba Fett fits that bill to a T. <laughs> uh, he was based on Sergio Leone's uh, Man With No Name. That's, you know, Lucas has said multiple times that that's what he based it on, which is plenty Eastwood character. Uh, great spaghetti Western character to kind of uh, throw into this whole thing. And then his design is just kind of hobbled together from like this concept art that Ralph McQuarrie had made for Darth Vader. And so they just took some of that stuff, smashed it together and put it on the screen. And there you go. Yeah. (laughs) He's a cool looking cowboy, space cowboy. (laughs) Right. (laughs) And it's, and he's right. He's riding this thing (laughs) in like, it's like a horse. He rides on, on this horse looking thing. And yeah. And, and it's so bizarre that it's like, it caught on and, and took off and people really, really love this character that is, I mean, literally his, his ship is made from trash. <laughs> so do you, do you know the story of his, no, of, his uh, of the slave one? Okay. So this is really cool. They, they were, they were trying to put some new ships on the screen. And so one of the, one of the guys who was designing it, they, the street lamp outside of the, the studio had fallen and he looked at the thing and said, that'd be a pretty cool ship. And so he took the street lamp. So this is literal trash from the side of the studio road. He brought it into the mop, the props department, cut it up, uh, spliced some stuff onto it. And there you go. Boba Fett's ship. That's awesome. <laughs> that was, that's the origins. <laughs> so, you know, I, it, it's, I, I was struck because um, I, I did fencing when I was in college. And one of the things about his his suit he wears fencing gloves uh so the gloves that he wears in the original trilogy they're fencing gloves and when i when i got the fencing gloves first when i was at college i was like oh my gosh i recognize these (laughs) so much star wars had gone on in my life that i was like yes this is exactly (laughs) i had no idea so um yeah so it's just like this hobbled together really weird mess of stuff and it worked yeah I was going to say, I can see where you're going with this. This is very Star Wars. Yes. <laughs> yeah. It's so it's so Star Wars. And I think that's like, that's the, you know, that's exactly what Star Wars is, where it's just like, you got these, this group of kids that are kind of new to the scene. I mean, Harrison Ford, for crying out loud, he was a carpenter before mm-hmm. he got his break, not in Star Wars, but in uh, another movie that, that Lucas and Spielberg had worked on together. And, and he, you know, he's household name of a star now because of, those two guys and the roles that they got him into and, and who he was. Uh, so it's, it's just, it's, it's interesting to me that, that this is the way, this is the way Star Wars is, mm-hmm. right? Where it's just, let's just throw some stuff together and it'll be fun. Yeah. And it turned out to be very fun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so that's why I think I, I love looking back at this guy because he's, he's so much that. And um, I feel, I think the, the other thing. I was going to go say, ahead. I feel like he's also that microcosm on a deeper level. So I don't know if you were going to go there too, like with his character development and just um, his story, how it's very father centered and it's, it's Mm -hmm. very much about, yeah, making your way in the galaxy, like finding out who you are, you know, um, your identity. Um, So I don't know if we're going to get, you were planning to get into that later or, (laughs) No, no, you, you started it. So here we go. Okay. Well, <laughs> that's yours. I'm going to give it to you. <laughs> well, you know, as I was, I, I went back and I actually watched all the Clone Wars episodes that have to do with Boba. And I really noticed how at the beginning, you know, of course he had, he'd seen his father die before him. So very tragic. Um, and I think 
in a way, he kind of has that tie to Luke and possibly Leia as well, just losing that sense of, you know, parentage. And um, at the same time, he also has this, I think, he approaches the other clones, like when he's still a kid and he's trying to um, make his revenge on Mace Windu for killing his father. He kind of tries to integrate himself just to accomplish his mission with the other clones that are his age. And um, he, he gets to a point where he, uh, he actually gets to an, a clone that has progressed in, you know, has aged up and he has a gun in his hand, Boba does, and he's, he has to get past this clone trooper in order to accomplish his mission to get his revenge on, on his, uh, his father's death, his father's killer. And the clone trooper tells him, don't shoot, we're brothers. And here's this like older clone telling him this. And Boba says, you're not my brother. And he goes to actually, I mean, he ends up stunning him. He doesn't kill him or anything. Because at that point, I think he is still kind of progressing in his 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 moral conflict with, you know, how mm-hmm. he can um, actually shoot somebody and, and injure them. But he he what I'm getting at is he's a character that is rooted in loneliness at the beginning because he's the only son of his father who is also a lonely guy. And then he ends up losing that father. Mm-hmm. And then he 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 has all these people in the galaxy that have his face, his voice, you know, that have his DNA, literally. But he does not find a, a kindred spirit with them. He doesn't find a brotherhood with them at all. He sees himself as this lonely, this one person um, who has been not only had his father taken away, but then when Aura Singh brings him up as a mother mm-hmm. figure then there is this arc in in clone wars where he gets to a a, a point where he and aura singh are kind of in a battle and uh and aura ends up leaving him and 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 boba gets captured um by the jedi and he there's this tragic moment where he looks up and 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 um it's just really sad boba says oh she left me like he's so defeated he's he he has so much that he's lost just in this this other parental figure that has left him in this dangerous position um and so yeah i just i really when i was going back and looking at the character development of boba fett you know, from in his point of view, like, you know, looking mm-hmm. from his narrative storyline as a child going up to be able to see how he ended up becoming this character that had a tough exterior because his childhood was so rooted in loneliness and pain and revenge and um, trauma, you know. And I find that as I reflect on that, that is very Star Wars. That is very like, mm. you know, war. I mean, 
people growing up in the midst of war, in the midst of conflict, um, in the midst of all these political things that are affecting their everyday life. Um, that was Boba's life. And he ended up having to kind of don his father's identity, right? In Mm -hmm. a way, in order to become the Boba Fett that we know today, you know? So it's very kind of, and I'll bring up some more stuff later on kind of when we get to, but really, I just, I was amazed at that, like how they kind of, they somehow, you know, I mean, I I don't think it was intentional. Like you were saying, it was very pieced together, like over the years. Um, Oh yeah, that that wasn't his. That wasn't even his story no. at the beginning of the. Even as Lucas was writing the uh, sequel trilogy, uh, he was still debating making Boba Fett Anakin's brother. Like that was still kind of in his wheelhouse of the way he was thinking about things. Uh, so it wasn't until the second movie that they really hammered down who he was exactly. And then you see that that moment of like he does. Uh, adapt that identity of his father and I, I i was struck by that watching that moment where he takes on that armor that his father uses and he comes to look like his father is very much like that same moment where uh luke is hacking away at vader and cuts his robotic hand and then kind of looks down at his own and realizes i am th- this is me yeah. this, my father and i are, are the same person i just have to make a different choice mm-hmm. and um you know, yeah. So you get a uh, you get a really different take though with Boba Fett on that same theme of of continuing the father's legacy. Mm-hmm. Because whereas with Luke, it's he changes that legacy. Uh, with Boba Fett, it's more like he he carries on that legacy yeah. and he he becomes that gray area uh, lone wolf uh, guy mm-hmm. that his father always was. So it'll be really interesting to see what they do with the rest of his story arc as well yeah absolutely so um i think uh you know that brings us to talking about uh where he ended the original trilogy and how he has continued to be such a dominant force in star wars because um i love han i think han is a great character uh a majority of what han does is by pure luck (laughs) (laughs) and the two most hotly debated things uh in Star Wars, uh, one was created by George Lucas himself when he edited the the cut for Han so that instead of Han shooting Greedo first, Greedo shot and then Han shot back. Yep. And the other one was, was Boba Fett dead? <laughs> and I think that was always something. No, I don't know. Boba Fett didn't die in the Sarlacc pit. And everybody's like, well, how did he survive? How could he possibly have survived? So there was this big back and forth about it. And it wasn't answered until, you know, just... Uh, last year when we saw him rise in the the Mandalorian, you know, he comes back and he's actually plays a role in it. Uh, So, and and I love that because Lucas has said multiple times that if he'd known how popular this character was going to be, he would have given him a better death. (laughs) (laughs) But I think that's the wrong way to think of it because I think the fact that his death is like this comedic beat in the middle of return of the Jedi, you know, where it's like, Han's blind. Uh, he he asks what a Boba Fett even is. Yeah. <laughs> and then he turns around with a spear and just hits the guy in the back. And that's it. That's what does him in. Yep. You know, this guy, he's got flamethrowers. He's got a rocket pack. He's got a, a, a thing that he can shoot out of his arm to wrap people up. And he's taken out by Han, who can't even see, and just 
the dumb luck of Han Solo <laughs> is what ends up doing him in. And I think that's what really like marks this character as one that you're like, that can't be the whole story. <laughs> right, exactly. I need justice. This guy's too cool. He's too cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um, I, I think that if, if Lucas had done any more to give him a better death, he wouldn't have had the staying power <laughs> that he did. And uh, and that's uh, that's also Star Wars, right? Very oh, much. Yes. Like, <laughs> I, I was not expecting that, but it was really it really worked out in the fans' favor. <laughs> Yeah, it did. And uh, we've gotten, you know, so much. I think that has actually contributed to, you know, last week we were talking about how John Favreau is the kid in the sandbox with the, t- the toys now. And so mm-hmm. he was the kid watching that death and probably thinking like, oh, no, you know, <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. so now that he like has the toys, he can actually make the story that that he thinks fits the character so (laughs) that's totally cool and and we have george's you know wilhelm scream and and sarlacc pit to thank for that so (laughs) that's exactly see that's i didn't even give him i was like i was debating because i was talking about you know i was looking at his lines and i was like okay he had four (laughs) lines well five if you count the scream but the scream wasn't even his it was the wilhelm scream (laughs) so that doesn't count Wasn't even a unique boba fett. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think I and I think I'm I'm really looking forward to what the book of Fett is gonna mm-hmm. be because it gives us a room to now where all of the rest of the stuff has always been him as a secondary character. We get to see him as the primary character in his own story. And that'll be really interesting because we get to see some of that stuff that you were talking about play out where he doesn't get to hide behind the, well, I'm just the man with the gun. Nope. Now you're the, you're the lead guy. So there's got to be more going on there. Right. I mean, besides, you know, we've always wanted to see Boba really, you know, um, see, I mean, do, do a lot of damage, you know, like we saw in the mm-hmm. Mandalorian uh, season two, where, you know, he was just really ripping and raring and, 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 knocking people out but besides the action you know knowing that he was trained by aura singh jango fett cad bane you know all these amazing bounty hunters so what is his philosophy going into whatever kind of business he's going into Um, (laughs) but also one of the things that i picked up from the clone wars episodes was um something that actually Hondo Onaka said to him um, when he was a kid. And that was when, um, when Boba and Aura meet up with Hondo, um, Hondo actually looks at him and, and doesn't know who he is, but then Aura says, you know, this was Django's kid. And Hondo kind of looks down at him and says, Oh, I'm, I'm so sorry. You know, you're, he says, your father was an honorable man. And mm. then at the end, end of that episode towards the end um Plo Koon is trying to get Boba to reveal where some um they they've actually through this process of revenge and if you haven't seen this arc do check it out it's in a uh, season two of Clone Wars episodes 20 through 22 so it's a three episode arc um but they're actually um Aura had kidnapped a couple uh three people uh that uh, were imperial uh, not imperial officers that were republic officers and Plo Koon needed to go save their life boba didn't want to reveal 
where they were. And Hondo actually tells Boba, do it because your father would have done it because it's the honorable thing to do. And Mm -hmm. so from those two lines, you know, I, I picked up on this theme of the honorable thing. And as I then kind of added that on to um, the Mandalorian and what we've seen so far with Boba and how he keeps his, you know, he keeps his word with, um, Mm -hmm. with Din to protect the child and to make sure that the child gets safely back to him, even though Boba got his armor, that was what he came for. You know, he had made this deal. Like I will secure, we'll make sure that the child is safely with you. So he keeps that. And he also, you know, he, he talks about, we learn about, you know, his dad and the chain code and his armor and everything. And we get this sense of he, he is, like I said, he is, um, taking on his father's identity, but it's not just being a a really great bounty hunter. Now Mm -hmm. I see it as trying to be an honorable man. That's what I'm starting to see it as, you know, as he has, has grown and developed as a person and gone through all these different experiences, he must have kept that in his mind. Um, so I'd like to see how that actually plays out with, um, the book of Boba Fett and what kind of stories he's going to have because, you know, obviously he is that, that really, you know, root and tootin', you know, big and bad cowboy character. But at the same time, now we have more of that personal, you know, um, those undertones in, in his, mm. in his story. Yeah. I definitely want to see more of the Clint Eastwood style character mm-hmm. where, He's yes, he's the gray hat, but he doesn't end up being a bad guy or even like even even a question of a bad guy. He really is the one that goes in and makes things right. And um, it's interesting that they put him in Jabba's palace for that intro of us to the Book of Fat, because how did he get there? What does that mean? Does he has he taken over <laughs> the syndicate and now he's going to be the guy that he's going to go and clean it up or yeah. Like, it just opens up so many questions right? <laughs> and uh, yeah, it'll be, it'll be really interesting to see how that all plays out because you do see, I, and I think that's, that's the great thing about having a morally gray character in this black and white world uh, where he doesn't necessarily stand for good or evil, but he has the potential to do the right thing. Mm-hmm. And, and that's one of the things that, that, that we so often forget about is that there really are no, like the sense of truth in the world, it drives people. And, and there are plenty of questionable things that happen and there are plenty of people that do bad things, but that doesn't, that doesn't mean that they are bad people. It means that they've made bad choices. And a lot of times when you've made bad choices, it just keeps snowballing and you have to keep making bad choices to cover up your bad choices, to make up for your bad choices, to, to feel good about the bad choices that you've made and to continue going. Yeah. And a lot of times we forget that it's in the midst of all of that, you have to step out and, and choose to do the right thing. And it's hard and it can be really difficult, you know, and that's one of the things that I think is beautiful about going back through Boba Fett's uh, upbringing where his, his goal was revenge. It was revenge, 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 revenge. And he never gets that. Mm-hmm. But then he still is driven to do 
to become one of the, the, the best bounty hunters in the galaxy to, to become this force to be reckoned with that even Jedi uh, should be afraid of him. Uh, and that's, that's, that's an impressive, uh, impressive state to be in to, to have a goal knocked out of you so early and still get back up and, and keep going. And then to learn about your father being this guy who is honorable and maybe that changes you a little bit. And over time you just slowly move towards that and gravitate towards that better thing. Yeah, I was really moved to watch um, all the episodes with Boba in the Clone Wars because you see how morally conflicted he is. You see how mm-hmm. he um, he has all this anger, like you were saying, you know, he has this pain that is driving him to want to, on one hand, you know, do what Aura Singh says and just like, you know, knock these guys out and just kill them and just get rid of them and all these things. And then he hesitates. You know, he hesitates a lot and Mm -hmm. he, he says several times, oh, I didn't mean for things to go this way or, oh, I didn't mean for you to, to get hurt. And he, he, he goes back and forth. He's very, very conflicted, even as a child, which is sad, you know, when you think about it, but he, he's caught up in, in these two worlds. Like, who am I? Like, what's really the good thing to do? What's really the right thing to do? Um, so yeah, I think that's, that's very Star Wars because it's about, you know, understanding what, where do I belong in, in the galaxy? You know, what is the, what is the thing that I fit into in terms of not just a role or a job or a, an outfit or whatever, but mm-hmm. also like a, a, a moral, you know, where do I fit in? What, what is the right thing to do, but not just because it's the right thing to do, but because it's what my conscience says mm-hmm. is the right thing to do. And understanding that, understanding like what your conscience is and, and, and how to follow it, you know, I think that's very Star Wars. Yeah. Well, and even, even with him, especially with him, how to develop it, because he's had such, I mean, Cad Bane's not, not the best <laughs> role model, right? And uh, in, in R.S. Singh, for sure, is, is definitely not. So he's had all of these really not great role models. <laughs> On top of seeking revenge mm-hmm. in a profession that's questionable mm-hmm. at best, you know, so it'll be good to see because because I think that's where they're trying to push him more is towards that more heroic right. side of things. And I'm and I like that. I like that that's uh, where they're going to take that character because so many people do like the character so much. Yeah. I mean, even looking at um, the Mandalorian again and seeing how Fennec Shand says that she was rescued by Boba Fett. Now she mm-hmm. is in debt to him. Um, that also kind of implies this. Um, well, he didn't have to save her, you know, she mm-hmm. was left to die and he, he did save her, you know, and she's chosen right. to, to, to help him to, to be in his debt, you know? So um, that's, that's pretty cool. I think that's also very cool. Okay. So, I think we've covered a lot of the really good meat, meaty stuff, but uh, let's go back to favorite moments mm. of Boba Fett. <laughs> and this one's hard. <laughs> oh, man. Well, <laughs> mine probably sounds really stupid. I mean, of course, right, when when we see him 
don the armor once again in the mandalorian and he's just really you know knocking people out and we've got the music behind it and everything and the explosions and stuff but um <laughs> what i actually wrote down you're probably gonna think like why would you have picked that um actually so i really like asajj ventress and he ends up having this kind of connection with asajj that she ends up becoming part of his bounty hunting crew at some point. And, um, <laughs> and so one of my favorite moments is when she actually delivers him in a trunk to the ruler of this planet called Quartzite. And um, the, the king of Quartzite was trying to basically kidnap this girl to become his bride. And, uh, and so Asajj takes pity on her, frees her, and then delivers Boba. Probably, I don't know if it was willingly or unwillingly, but delivers him in this <laughs> trunk to the, the ruler of Quartzite. Um, it sounds really strange that that would be one of my favorite moments of Boba Fett. But one of the things that I kind of love is we don't know if he went into that trunk to help save that girl um, or or if he was, he just got humbled and got his butt kicked by Asajj Ventress and just right. <laughs> was delivered to this guy. But I just, I, I found it so charming when I was, when I was rewatching everything and remembering that I really loved that moment. Um, and uh, so I just, I don't know, maybe it's just because of my like maternal instinct or something, but I just really loved watching the childhood moments of Boba and understanding more about him as a kid. So I'm going to say that that is definitely one of my favorite Boba Fett moments. That's, that's a good one. <laughs> I, I, mine, mine actually comes in the original trilogy and not in any of the ways that you would, you would think, but I think um, the, the moment that real, that I really like best of him in the original trilogy is when he gives the nod to Leia as she's in the, uh, in the bounty hunter costume coming into Jabba Fett's palace, uh, uh, he, Jabba Fett's palace, he, he just nods at her. And it's like this tacit, like, oh yeah, it's another bounty hunter. <laughs> yeah. And, but you, you, you wouldn't think Boba Fett doesn't do that to just any bounty hunter, right? So this is whatever costume she picked, <laughs> it was the right one. <laughs> and you suddenly know that because you're like, oh, okay. You know, and it, I, that, it was, it was after the thermal detonator thing, I, I think is when he does that. Oh, really? Is it? Because she makes the thermal detonator gambit. And then that's when I think she gets the nod from him afterwards. He's like, oh, I was, was bold. Improving, you know? yes. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> yeah. So I, and I love that because it's one of those, he's one of those characters that just, you know, he's important. Yeah. You know that he's, like, they don't even say that he's the best bounty hunter in the, in the galaxy or anything like that. You just know, like if, if Darth Vader picked this guy one-on-one -on -one to find Han Solo, then you know that this is the guy that he's just that good. So for him to like, yeah, it was a good move. I, I, I wish I had thought of that kind of nod to Leia. It's like, all right, that's <laughs> that, that totally solidifies her as a, as a really sharp, very cunning character. That's a great moment. That moment is so memorable. Cinem cinematography, like the, the way that the shot is framed when he nods to her, mm -hmm. it's very memorable. So yeah, I yeah. think that's a cool favorite moment. Yeah, I like it. It's, it. It just goes back to that, you know, Western, like tipping mm -hmm. the hat kind of thing. And 
it's done so well that it really just feel it feels right because it's that character perfectly. But then it also is, you know, bringing Leia into that fold of like she's heroic just as much as all the boys. She's very much a hero in the whole thing. So that's cool. Yeah, really, I love that one. Yeah. All right. So before we wrap up, uh, any final observations, thoughts that you wanted to make sure you added? So one of my favorite um, lines of Boba is actually in The Mandalorian. And I'm glad that I went back mm. and I watched it because this line is too good to not to not mention. He right after Fennec Shand explains that she's in debt to Boba Fett. This is what Boba says. Fate sometimes steps in to rescue the wretched. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's a really good one. <laughs> yeah. I was like, wow, why have I not heard that more? Seen it on like T-shirt designs or something like that's really cool. Um, because it it talks about like, oh, man, it to me, it's almost like Christian in a way. But instead of saying God, he says fate. Mm -hmm. Right. So the concept of like how the 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 wretched right like i love that that term him using that term but this idea that he is explaining that about fennec like that's the kind of the commentary about fennec he's saying well you know she was wretched because she was left to die but at the same time i think he's also talking something about himself I suspect mm -hmm. that he's implying something about himself that he was wretched in a way like he was he was lost he was a he was not abandoned but he was orphaned and he was well I guess he has been abandoned he was abandoned by Aura Singh um mm -hmm. so many things that I think he must have taken into himself and how he saw himself and at some point something must have happened to him to have maybe understood the the galaxy or you know just the force or maybe just the way things happen fate you know that he was rescued from mm -hmm. from seeing himself that way i think that's kind of how i interpreted obviously but i i'm i'm hoping that there's again more to his his character that we'll see in the book of boba fett that kind of like helps us understand why he said that you know fate sometimes steps in to rescue the wretched i just wow <laughs> what a line yeah well that's a great one why well, it's it's very star wars right it's <laughs> very much like darth vader meeting uh luke skywalker and coming back to the the light side of the force at the last possible moment and changing the galaxy because of it. So I think that's, yeah, that is a really good one. Yeah. And yeah, I, and I, and I trust John, I, I, I trust, I trust all the guys that are in the lead of these things right now because they are so good at writing stories and especially, you know, watching the bad batch and learning about Omega being the sister to all of them. And that's going to be an interesting twist that I hope we see more of too. Uh, yeah, I, I really, I, I trust that they're going to take this character in a way that's that's going to be fresh, but also that's going to be going to have that really good redemptive, uh, uplifting quality to mm -hmm. it. Yeah, absolutely. Another thing that I wanted to mention that is really cool about Boba Fett as a character is that we've seen three actors portray him mm -hmm. in live action. 
not to mention like voice acting and stuff. Voice acting. Yeah. I was going to say that's, you know, even when you move into the voice acting, you've got a, a ton of them. And uh, yeah, he is. He is very much like I love uh, I love Timur Morrison's portrayal mm-hmm. of him. I think he's great. He does a really good job with it. Uh, but I, I do like the fact that the Mandalorian is, is one of those uh, masks that you can put on the character <laughs> and hide the actor sure, yeah. and have a lot of different people uh, behind that yeah. and get all the right things out of it that you need. Yeah, so. absolutely. And it's so cool. You know, I was I was talking to somebody the other day about how Tamara Morrison is actually quite up there in age. Um, same thing with Ming-Na mm-hmm. Wen. So the fact that both of them are apparently going to be the leads to this series is really, I think, quite unprecedented. I mean, it's, a, I assume, going to be an action type, you know, series. And it's going to be huge, you know, as far as a global viewing audience um, anticipating this. So just the fact that, you know, Boba as a character is going to be portrayed by this this actor that obviously deserves, you know, this, this opportunity and this, you know, central um, story that I know will go down in legend and Star Wars history. But um, I just, I found that to be so fascinating that at at his age um, that he's able to really uh, be this action oriented character in, in a Mm -hmm. new series. Too cool. Yeah, no, it's really, it's, I, I love the the new ground that they're breaking with all the Star Wars stuff. It's it's impressive. It's unprecedented, and I I think that um, it's neat because it's it Star Wars has changed cinema, and I think it's only fair now to kind of come to this point where there are so many people that recognize that that are really into it, that are really involved, and and there's new audience coming in all the time. There's new new fans that are joining uh, and bringing more of of what and and that's the cool thing about Star Wars is that the more people that get involved the the more it changes and the the better it is yeah. it just becomes more interesting and it it broadens out into more stuff that wasn't there before and you know I, it, there's always the small pockets that are resistant to the new stuff or sure. you, you know, but, yeah but uh, and I think that's any fandom but but I really love the fact that this one is is growing and is so vibrant and the way that it's that it's moving and the things that it's exploring they're really neat and they're really uh changing the way that we're looking at at these classic characters but also creating new characters that are interesting and worth following and worth having a part in yeah yeah so, so. it's a great time to be a star wars a, a fan <laughs> and um yeah, just Boba Fett, just, you know, it, the more that I look at him, the more relatable he is. Um, mm-hmm. He's not just the suit of armor. He's not just the cool ship, which we hardly, I mean, we did talk about like the trash story, but, you know, just right. the slave one also <laughs> being Django's ship as well. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, too cool. Um, but at the same time, a very relatable story, um, a place of, you know, of, rising from the ashes in a way um and doing what he has to do uh we'll see how it goes going forward yeah definitely looking forward to it so that's it from us uh we'd love to hear your thoughts and opinions about boba fett uh and if there's any other character that you would like us to talk about in these kind of in-between uh episodes then we'd love for you to let us know 
So be sure to email us or comment on our Facebook or Twitter page. And, and you can email us any feedback at starwars at sqpn.com. And find StarQuest on Facebook at facebook.com slash starquestmedia and on Twitter at SQPN. I would like to take a moment now to thank our patrons who make it possible for us to create the secrets of Star Wars, including James D., Renee J., Daryl F., Frank L., and Penelope W. Their generous donations at sqpn.com slash give make it possible for us to continue the secrets of Star Wars and all the shows here at StarQuest. You can join them by visiting sqpn.com slash give. Also, a reminder, you can get the new official Secrets of Star Wars t-shirt. We have a t-shirt for the show that encapsulates our philosophy of finding hope in a galaxy far, far away. It's available in various styles and sizes. You can get yours at sqpn.com slash merch. And of course, be sure to subscribe to the show in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher TuneIn, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or you can join us on the SQPN YouTube channel. Just make sure to hit that subscribe button. To find previous episodes of Secrets of Star Wars, please visit sqpn.com slash Star Wars. We'll be back next week where we're going to begin looking at the Star Wars Visions series. Mm-hmm. And we're going to be... Yeah, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm super excited about that one. Oh, man. And we're going to be on each week after that. So we're back to our kind of weekly schedule going on there. And we're going to take a deeper look at the first episode, which is going to be called The Duel. So, until next time, Angela Ciolana, uh, thank you for joining me and sharing the secrets of Star Wars. My pleasure. I'm glad no one got disintegrated during this episode. <laughs> <laughs> we were a little worried about that uh, that hour-long time limit and <laughs> running up against it, but we, we figured it out beforehand, so we're good. Uh, and as always, I appreciate you joining us. Once again, I'm Thomas Senhuro. Thank you for listening to The Secrets of Star Wars on StarQuest. Quest.